It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. The start of the Big Ten season is nearing with only one more non-conference slate of games remaining. Hi, I'm Kyle Charters. Drew Charters here as well for the Big Baseball Podcast. Uh, at least Drew here for one more week. Well, you're you're off Latinx week. I'm going to have to dock your pay for, for yeah. a week or what? No, I got vacation time. I've built, we've been yeah. doing this for a while. I've built up some <laughs> some vacation time, right? I'll cut your pay in half. I'm uh, you're suspended. Spring breaking it, <laughs> like it's like it's 1998. Yeah, go down there, a little MTV rocks <laughs> or whatever they called it. Is that what you're doing? At MTV the, at the, rocks. That can't be right. That can't be right. Uh, close, yeah, at the ripe age of near 40. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, big podcast today. Jake Boss Jr., the head coach of the. Michigan State Spartans. I think the Spartans sort of quietly hanging out there. They've played a pretty good schedule. They've won some games. Looking forward to talking to Jake Boss about uh, his Michigan State squad. We're going to get into a little uh, a bit about uh, some players, too. Some players that we uh, that we need to be paying attention to because off to heart, hot starts here in the first month of the season. But the big story in the Big Ten at least here right now, is Purdue. I mean, the Boilermakers at 14-0 and to start this season, undefeated, the only undefeated team in the country after Clemson and Virginia lost over the weekend. And so, you know, Purdue getting a, a little bit of uh, national attention for that. Now, has Purdue played the most difficult schedule ever? No, uh, it has not. Bellarmine over the weekend, the Boilermakers took... Uh, two games in a weather-shortened weekend. Bellarmine is, like the rest of its uh, programs, who you might be aware of now, uh, is transitioning to Division One. They had a dude, by the way, Drew, who hit the ball 470 feet over the batter's eye at really? Alexander. Really? Yes. I've never, we will never. That's got to be the longest home run yes. hit there. We will never, ever see a ball hit that far again in Alexander. The wind was blowing out about 20 miles an hour, but that dude uh, smoked it. So uh, Purdue is undefeated. It will play a midweek game against Dayton, then has a four-game series against Illinois State, split series there and then here uh, at Alexander. So what do you think about these uh, Boilermakers? Ranked 19th in the college baseball newspaper poll, not in the major polls as of right now, but you have to give Purdue credit for winning baseball games, right? Well, you absolutely have to give them credit. I I, I mean, I'm impressed with what they're doing, I, and I don't really – I mean, you obviously care a little bit on who they're playing, but it's hard to win 14 straight games, Yeah, and, and that's what they're doing. And, you know, we're not sitting here talking about a a, a 10-4 and 4 Purdue team who's – who were, you know, we could be having that conversation saying, hey, Purdue might be for real here, but they haven't played anybody. They're 14 and 0. They're not they're not 10 and 4. They're not 12 right. and 2. They're 14 and 0, and that's an accomplishment. I you know, there's other teams throughout this Big 10 who So my yeah, but hold on, before we get into that. My my thought here was and you looked this up and I did not. So my thought here was that we were going to discuss how awful Purdue's RPI is. Like it's dead last in the Big 10 right. despite being 14 and 0. That's not the case. It's not. They're 86 right now, according to D1 Baseball, which isn't terrible. They're one back of IU. And I went down the list, Kyle. I, I went down the list and found Ohio State under them, Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska, Penn State. 
And to be completely honest with you, I stopped there because I was tired of doing it, and <laughs> that was enough teams for me. So there are several teams under Purdue in the RPI ranking right now. So, yeah. you know, the big question, I think, for, for everyone is, what does Purdue need to do yeah. moving forward? Like, how good do they need to be during the Big Ten season now to, to keep up and hold that RPI in place or get it better, not worse, can't right. drop into triple digits? Yeah, You know, what do they need to do? Yeah, I think that's the question, right? Because beating Bellarmine in two games is not the same as playing Maryland in a three-game series, which will, right. Purdue will do toward the end of the season, or Michigan, or Iowa. You know, you look at Purdue's schedule, and I, I think the Boilermakers have a chance early in the Big Ten to pick up some victories. But then, you know, three of those last four weekends, Purdue's going to have to beat some teams to pop that RPI up a little bit more. So, you know, what does Purdue need to do in the conference? Does it need to finish 14-10, and 10, which would probably be around third, fourth, fifth place somewhere there in the Big Ten? You know, would, would even 500 record be good enough? And who are those victories against? You can't just pick up 12 wins and six of them are against, you know, sweeps of, of Penn State and Northwestern. Yeah, um, you've got to get victories against, you know, the top half of the Big Ten. I think it's an interesting look at Purdue and and sort of what it means to be fourteen and zero right now. I think it does mean a lot. It, it means more with that RPI not being as as sour as what maybe I felt like it was going to be before you told me it. So I, I think this is an interesting week because they play two teams that have, you know, real like established programs that have right. had success in Dayton and then you know Illinois State. And so, you know, if you go three and two, if you go four and one, uh, then I think that that does that means something um, for this Purdue team. Yeah, Illinois State, it, it, you know, seems like a program on the rise. They started this season. They beat number two Arkansas, number two in the yeah. country. Arkansas lost the next two uh, to the Razorbacks, but then went on to sweep. Uh, I think Western Carolina uh, for three games. So, so Illinois State's put together some good wins this season. So it'll be a good test for Purdue and. Uh, I think we're going to learn uh, a bunch here. And we know Steve Holm and Wally Krantzer over there, of course, uh, former Purdue assistants who are leading that program. So, um, yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, a couple other teams in the Big Ten before we move on to some players. Maryland and Rutgers again. I mean, I think good weekends. Maryland has won four straight. The Terps record now 13-2. and two. Uh, We put together big bat and big arm uh, every week, and, and I take the Terps. And it was every guy in Big right. Bat. <laughs> I started listing them. I'm like, okay, uh, we've got uh, Maxwell Costas here. We've got Chris Aline had a ridiculous weekend. Tony Schreffler had a great weekend. Bobby Zalak. I mean, it was like, just go on and on. Yeah. The one guy who bats in the middle of their order, Matt Shaw, is only hitting about 210, but he has been productive hitting 210. I mean, he's, he's knocking guys home still. But – uh, you know, he he this weekend went two for fourteen with a home run and five runs driven in. Yeah. So so the average might not be there. Um, uh, but you know, Maryland is is playing well. They get a midweek victory last week against VCU, a couple of wins against Georgetown, a win over uh Cornell. I think they're the most complete team in the Big Ten, and and it might not be close. Michigan might be there, Rutgers perhaps there, but man, to me, one through nine. The weekend rotation, a good closer, they're a pretty solid ball club. 
Yeah, and I, I think Rutgers is close to that. I, I really do. They're, they're, they lead the Big Ten in batting average. They're third in pitching. They're fourth in defense. Just all across the board, they're, they're not bad at anything. Yeah. You know, you, you look at this Rutgers team, and I, you know, I get the, I get the same feeling. I, I, I have them early here on the season for uh, my big bat and big arm duties. And you look through the series, through the weekend series, and you could pick four to five guys who are batting five hundred every weekend. It's like who yeah. do I choose? To be a big bat nominee, all these dudes are, you know, putting up good numbers on the weekends, and you know, you uh, this Rutgers team we've we've talked about was on the brink last year of of being really good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they 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 sort of faltered down the stretch when we thought they were going to go in the other direction, um, but you could tell they were close. They were close then, and they add they add two players this year. Nick Samillo, who's leading the Big Ten in batting yeah. average, he's a transfer from Manhattan, and then on the in the pitching mound, they had Nathan Florence, who's two and zero with a one point six nine ERA, and he's a transfer from Hartford. So they get yeah. two transfers who have who immediate like impact. The best two guys, right. at their positions in the Big Ten. Yeah, so I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. adding that to their their rise last year, I think Rutgers is for real. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're good if you're good up the middle, and Rutgers is good up the middle. I mean, Camillo has been great uh, behind the plate and uh, at the plate, and uh, he's been solid. So let's let's use that to transition then into uh, some of the guys that you know we should be paying attention to. What I found interesting when you start Drew looking at the stats is if you just sort the stats by batting average, the top five guys are five guys that we don't really talk about right all that much, and. The the number one guy is uh, Camillo, the, the the Rutgers transfer, as you said, who has been great. I mean, hitting four sixty is uh, on base plus slugging is one point four. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> four homers, ten RBI. I mean, he's been great, and a, and another guy in that lineup, in a lineup that was pretty good, who you can put in there, who who produces for you and produces at an extremely high rate. I mean, I don't know if he can keep up those numbers. That would be pretty insane. But uh, but you add that kind of player to a, to a lineup that has others um, who, you know, Chris Brito uh, and right. the rest of that crew who can, uh, you know, get on base and, and knock runs home, and it has made Rutgers even more dynamic. Keaton Anthony, another guy who we just don't talk about enough, but – you know him and Peyton Williams in the middle of that Iowa lineup, right? Are extremely productive. Anthony hitting nearly four forty, a uh, couple home runs, thirteen runs driven in. Mitch Jeb at, at Michigan State. And we'll talk to Jake Boss Jr. about Jeb and what he is doing. Eighteen runs driven in, eight steals on the season for him. Jack Kelly up in Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota has some good players up there with the guys starting in the weekend rotation and a couple of guys in the lineup. Now, I'm not sure that anyone is consistent enough, but Jack Kelly has 20 runs driven in, four home runs. He's hitting 412 on the season. I mean, these guys are all all, all good players, all off to a, a, a great season, and just some names that we don't talk about enough. Yeah, I think looking down the the stat list on the Big Ten, the things that, that are glaring to me are, you know, you got – Rutgers has three guys in the top ten in batting average. You expect that they're they're playing well offensively, but the other two teams with multiple guys up there is Minnesota with Jack Kelly and, and Easton Bertrand at tenth, and Michigan State with with uh, you mentioned Mitch Jeb and and Casey Mays in eighth with a three ninety seven average. So 
a couple surprising teams up there with with guys who are towards the top of the Big Ten and hitting well. And, uh, you know, some other things, uh, and just to mention some other guys here, Cam Thompson, 23 RBIs leads on the, the season, 10. leads the Big Ten. That's something Purdue needed was some some pop in the lineup mm-hmm. and some guys to drive runs in. And, and, and Cam Thompson is certainly providing them that. Maxwell Costas, we've mentioned him getting off to a hot start, seven home runs already this season, 18 RBIs for Maryland. So those are sort of the things that stick out to me. And, you know, you, you briefly brought up uh, Minnesota there with, with Jack Kelly, who's been solid in all offensive categories this season, and Easton Bertrand. And then the pitching side, they've also got Sam Ireland, who is pitching very well. He's mm-hmm. a veteran in that Golden Gopher lineup, and, and he's pitching well. This stuff with the combination of those offensive players in, in Ireland you know, sound good, but they're not necessarily leading to victories for the Golden Gophers. Let's talk a little bit of pitching. And, you know, the, the Maryland's rotation stands out. Uh, Nick Dean missed his start this weekend. We'll talk about him uh, a little bit uh, during the weekend rotation. 2-0, and though, with an ERA that is under 1. Jason Savakul's 3-1 and with a 2-7-0. Ryan Ramsey is 4-0 and with a 2.84. I mean, you, you throw those guys out there, and it gives the Terps a good opportunity was it Florence you mentioned earlier for for yeah. Rutgers? Uh, yeah, I mean he's been good. Now he hasn't pitched a ton of innings. That'll be interesting to me. And in just sixteen innings in his four starts, so I wonder if he will start to to gear up a little bit. But man, again, an, another guy back back home here in, in Jackson Smeltz. Yeah. I mean he's been outstanding for for Purdue and a guy who was highly regarded had a ton of injuries. Now healthy, he's bigger. I, I don't know. He's probably. Gained about 15 to 20 yeah. pounds of, of muscle since he came to Purdue. He's bigger in his numbers uh, speak for themselves. I mean, he has been lights out there at the top of the rotation for yeah, Purdue. 4-0 and with a 2.11 ERA, 38 strikeouts for Jackson. It's just a Third, wait, 38 strikeouts in 21 innings. Yeah, 21 innings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's striking out two an inning. I mean, it's just a, it's a great story. Yeah. You know, with all the injuries he's battled, Tommy John in 2017 barely pitched in high school because he was battling injuries. But yeah. uh, early on in his high school career, he was good. So you could tell the talent was there. Uh, so just, a, I mean, a, you know, taking away the stats, just a great story uh, for Jackson and, and the Boilermakers for him to be the number one guy. All right, let's hit uh, the awards. Um, big bat and big arm. Why don't you start us off with uh, with the bat? Sure, Illinois, Brandon Comia in game one. I'm just I'm going to point out a couple of games here, not necessarily stats on the weekends, but uh, Comia three for six in game one, three runs score, three RBIs, but the highlight here is he was a single away from the cycle. He had a double, a triple, and a home run in that game. Couldn't get the single. Uh, Cam McDonald was five for 12 over the weekend, six RBIs and a home run. Uh, going over to Nebraska, Griffin Everett in game two. Uh, there against Omaha was four for five with a couple of runs, four RBIs, and two home runs. Um, the Wildcats of Northwestern, Tommy Dialis in game one, uh, had a couple of home runs as well, four RBIs. He was two for three in that game. Um, and then we'll mention those Rutgers guys. Uh, again, you could list you know numerous guys, but uh, Josh Kuroda Grauer, uh, was six for eleven with uh, two runs scored and four RBIs and a double. All right, let's uh, let me hit a couple of these guys. Did, who did I pick? Because now I'm changing my mind before we started. 
Because, I mean, a couple of these guys are just great. First, let's let's go through. So, Maryland, I had to, like, uh, pare this down a little bit. I still couldn't get it as far down. Look, Bobby Zalak had a great weekend, great week, seven hits. Maxwell Costas only had four hits, but there were three home runs and a double uh, were, the, were the four hits. He had eight runs driven in. Nick LaRusso had four hits, two of them home runs, a double. He drove in six. Uh, Chris Aline had six hits, including three of them home runs. On one game on Tuesday during the middle of the week, he had two homers, two runs driven in, scored two runs. Uh, so Maryland, look, they were just great, one through nine, really. For Penn State, Josh Spiegel had eight hits, uh, including a home run, a double, drove in three. Uh, for Ohio State, Zach Dezinzo, five hits, uh, including three extra base hits, a couple of doubles, a home run, drove in five. In one game, he was three for four with five RBI, two doubles in the home run. So basically, all this production in one game. Hank Thomas for the Buckeyes, four hits, including a home run, two doubles. The one game was was it for Hank, uh, four for five, five RBI, three runs, a couple of doubles, and a home run. Uh, Jack Kelly from Minnesota. I, I think I'm going to give this to Kelly. I, I'm not sure if that's what I decided before or not, but looking at the stats again here, six for 11, he had nine runs driven in, scored six runs. He had a double, a triple, and two homers, so he hit for the cycle uh, last week. Just an outstanding uh, a week for for Jack Kelly, and uh, and he is the big bat here for this week. What do you got for big arm? Uh, I've just got a couple here. Uh, for Rutgers, uh, Jared Collaire uh, got a win versus Hawaii, 13-1, to went seven innings. That was a seven-inning game, so complete game. Uh, complete seven-inning game for Colaire. Three hits, a run. It was earned. Eight strikeouts and no walks. And then for Northwestern, uh, same same situation, seven-inning uh, complete game for Sean Sullivan and a win versus St. Thomas. Uh, three hits, no runs, a walk, and 11 strikeouts for Sullivan and the Wildcats. Uh, let's see here. I've got uh, Mason Malott for Penn State when five innings. Uh, in a one nothing victory over UMass, gave up just a hit, no runs, struck out three. Um, Jason Savakul went seven and two-thirds, gave up a run, three hits, struck out eight, as Maryland got a win over um, Georgetown. But I'm going to give it to his teammate, Ryan Ramsey. Six innings, struck out 13 in his six innings of work, only allowed a hit, no runs, walked three in a victory over Cornell. So Ramsey is the big arm for this week. Um, yeah, so uh, where are you going next week? What are you doing? You're not going to the uh, the MTV thing? No, Disney World, baby. Yeah. Disney? What? All right. Hanging out with Mickey, Donald, the crew? Yeah. All right. You're not going to call in? Not going to call in? That's fine. Nope. I was trying to figure out what the actual <laughs> name of this MTV thing. What, what was it? What was the name spring of this? Spring Break. I don't know. MTV, MTV spring, spring Break? Is that what it was? Daisy Fuentes? Remember her? It's just called Spring Break. Is that what right? it's called? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm trying to look it up with the Google. I can't find it. <laughs> I think it's just called Spring Break. Uh, so that's not where you're going. Okay, that's good to know. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a break. We'll come back here briefly. We'll uh, pick up with uh, Jake Boss Jr., the head coach of the Michigan State Spartans. That's next on the Big Baseball Podcast. Let's bring in Jake Boss Jr., the veteran coach of the Michigan State Spartans on the Big Baseball Podcast. 
Hey, Coach, always uh, appreciate uh, being able to catch up with you, especially when your team is, is playing good baseball. And it seems like your squad is the record at, at 507 and 7. I don't know that that necessarily tells the entire story, however. You guys have played a, a pretty good schedule and have played some pretty good baseball at times. What are you feeling good about? Well, yeah, good morning. I think uh, yeah, I would agree. I, I think, you know, look at go, looking, in, looking at the schedule going into the year, um, you know, and comparing that, I guess, with our roster, we weren't quite sure, you know, as a lot of teams, I'm sure, in our conference weren't, weren't quite sure what we were going to get, you know, with uh, without the ability to play midweek games a year ago. There were some young arms, I think, that didn't uh, didn't really have many chances to, to get out there and, and uh, show what they could do uh, in a conference game. And so, um, you know, we did return a lot of our offense from last year's club, and so we, I think we felt pretty good going in. Um you know, on the offensive side of it, but uh, just weren't weren't sure uh, on the pitching side of it with the with all the undefined roles. And you know, again, I mean, the the schedule was was uh, was pretty challenging. You know, and uh, I think our guys have really handled that well. And you know, really, I think outside of maybe three or four games, uh, you know, the Abilene Christian series was uh, was a tough one for us. And then uh, you know, our bullpen kind of uh, imploded, I think, a little bit on Sunday against Kansas. But outside of those. You know, three or four games. I, I'm very pleased with how we've played. I'm very pleased with how our guys have, uh, you know, approached each day, and uh, we've given our, ourselves, you know, chances to win. So, um, you know, at seven and seven, you know, I think you always want to be, you know, better than that. At the same time, you know, we, we've uh, think some of the games that we've lost have been, to, I think, uh, uh, pretty good opponents, and, and we've played well. And uh, you know, so that's that's baseball, I guess. Yeah, and you know, you played. Notre Dame, Clemson, a couple of teams that are ranked. I mean, there are other good teams that you have played in there as well. But those two teams are two of the better ones in the in the country, and you have played them competitively. You've pitched well, maybe not, you know, haven't quite gotten that, the hit that you've needed in either one of those games. But, um, you know, does it give you a little bit of confidence then, knowing that, that your guys can compete at that level? And, you know, one of these days you would think uh, might be able to pick up a couple of victories. Yeah, I think you know for sure. I think uh, you know when you when you look at the uh, the opportunities that we've had. You know, unfortunately for us, I mean, we we played I thought really well against Notre Dame and and just got beat two to one. And and uh, you know that was uh, you know you tip your hat to those guys. And in the Clemson game, you know, we kind of felt like we were right there. And and uh, you know, unfortunately, felt like we kind of gave it away there at the end. Uh, you know, made some made a couple errors and, and walked a couple guys, and that was uh, disappointing. But you know, we felt again like if we play good baseball, if we clean, you know, just a couple things up, you know, I, I felt like we win that game. And um, you know, I think yeah, I mean, there are no moral victories for sure. Uh, but at the same time, again, with all the question marks coming in. Um, I think it was a, a really good, you know, indicator and or I guess eye opener for our guys that listen. When we play good baseball, we can beat anybody in the country. And uh, you know, those are two very good programs, obviously, that are playing extremely well right now, um, having a lot of success. The West Virginia team that we beat up in Minneapolis, I thought, was another really, really good opponent. Um, and uh, you know, we had some success there too. And so, uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, I mean, looking inward. You know, uh, I, I think uh, if we feel like if we play good baseball, um, you know, and take care of a, a couple little things here and there, we, we have a chance to uh, to beat anybody. You know, Drew and I earlier were talking about uh, guys in the Big Ten who were off to good starts offensively who were just not talking enough about. And 
A couple of your guys, you know, are on that list, Mitch Jeb and, and Casey Mays, both of whom are are playing really good baseball for you early on this season. What what have those two guys brought to your lineup? Well, you know, Mitch kind of makes us go. You know, that's yeah. the kind of player that he is. He's, uh, you know, very dynamic uh, offensive player. Um, he's got a little, shown a little bit of power. Uh, you know, this year with uh, with three home runs in in the first fourteen games, and so that was, uh, you know that power has been good to see. But you know, he runs well. He's a stolen base threat. Um, you know, he uh, he doesn't strike out a whole lot. He's uh, you know a guy that really moves the baseball and, and puts pressure on teams to make plays. And so um, you know that's the uh, you know that's the guy that we recruited out of high school and and uh, had a pretty good freshman year. Uh, as most freshmen, kind of up and down, and uh, but you know I think uh, um, you know he really learned a lot over over that year and in, in the last summer and even last fall and really is is playing well for us and you know Casey Mays is just a mature hitter. He's a guy that's uh, been here for four years now. He's got uh, one more year left with the COVID year, but uh, um, you know he's a, an extremely hard worker. He's an outstanding leader. He's a very very mature kid and. Uh, you know the only the only knock on Casey maybe is a little too hard on himself, but he mm. he has very high expectations for himself, and uh, he's certainly living up to that right now. In an era where there are you know the transfer era where where guys can come and go, um, is it nice to have somebody who's you know stuck it out for for that long and sort of has now proven himself as as a good player? Well, yeah, you know, no doubt. I mean, I think he's he's kind of waited, you know, his his uh, for his opportunity. Uh, you know, he had some opportunities early as a, as a you know young player here as a freshman, sophomore, and uh, you know things like that. But it really, is uh, you know he's kind of settled into that role of being an everyday guy for us. And uh, you know we had some decent, we had some pretty good guys in in front of him. You know in the past, and you know Bryce Kelly was our stolen base leader and, and an outstanding player for us here, and, and played left field for uh, uh, you know the better part of four years. And so Casey was kind of. One of those guys that was just kind of working hard, keeping his nose down, and and uh, you know, kind of waiting in the wings, so to speak, and is really uh, taking advantage of that opportunity. But I do think it's a good lesson for, you know, for a lot of guys. I mean, um, you know, not every freshman can come in and and play every day, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, some guys do need to develop. And I think, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, um, you know, if if you're patient and you continue to keep your nose down and work hard, I think good things can happen. And you know, again, Casey's a great example of that. You know, it, it is an interesting time, uh, not just in baseball, but everywhere with with the open transfers, right? I mean, have you have you over the years had to change your messaging a little bit when you recruit high school kids and sort of, you know, especially a high school kid maybe who who you know is going to take a, a little bit of uh, development uh, before they can make uh, an impact. Yeah, I don't know that we've really changed the messaging a whole lot. I think, you know, we've always been guys honest with guys when we've recruited them coming in. And, yeah. uh, you know, with, with some of those guys, it's, uh, you know, look, the opportunity, uh, you know, may or may not be there your first year, but, you know, these are the things we feel like you got to do to get better. And, you know, hopefully a, a year, two years, three years into it, whatever, you know, things have clicked. And, and I think we have a, a you know, a track record of, of uh, we can go back and look at guys in our stats and our numbers and, you know, um, guys that even redshirted and have come here on no money that have, uh, you know, ended up being outstanding players for us and, mm-hmm. and are still playing in pro ball right now. And so, you know, I think uh, with the portal, you know, that's that's really changed an, an awful lot, uh, you know, across the board, obviously, um, you know, and, and some of it for the good. I, I don't, I, I, you know, certainly think that there are some positives to that if you're, if a guy's in a situation where, 
you know, he just doesn't feel comfortable or, or things like that. The, the, the problem, though, is I think, uh, you know, patience can be a, a, a very difficult thing for a lot of people. And, uh, and I think it's both ways. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, I think, I think when we look at a guy that, w- that we've recruited um, and a guy that needs to develop, I think, you know, we've proven over time that, that we're willing to give guys an opportunity to do just that and, and to develop. And, uh, you know, you would hope that, you know, guys wouldn't uh, jump ship too soon um, you know, for an opportunity that, you know, may or may not be a, a better one, uh, and just be patient and let the process, you know, kind of take care of itself. That, uh, you know, that, that old buzzword, the, the, the process now is, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, is, is kind of, uh, kind of being left undefined now because, uh, you know, people don't necessarily want to wait for the process to happen. And so, um, you know, they're like, again, there's some good to the portal. Uh, and I don't think, uh, you know, I think it just needs to be probably measured very carefully um, into, you know, I guess, uh, you know, how you try to run your program. And, and I don't, you know, we're going to try to be successful here with, uh, you know, continue to be successful here with with guys that are four-year guys uh, and supplement from junior college ranks, supplement from the portal. But I don't think it's something that you can do on a yearly basis yeah. and, and be continually successful. Yeah. You mentioned your pitching staff earlier. You've got a couple of guys in there, you know, names that we know. Um, but man, you've got a, a lot of newcomers too, right? Uh, that you, that you're, uh, that you're relying on. How has that group come together? Well, I think they're, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been good. You know, I mean, it's a great group. I mean, they work their tails off, which is, uh, you know, really all you can ask. And I think, uh, you know, some of the, some of the guys that, that have come in from either junior college or, uh, uh, you know, or the, the transfer portal have, have, you know, uh, assimilated, I think very well into our program and, and to what we're, trying to do i think the the dugout in the locker room is uh is in a good a place now as it's ever been here in the 14 years that i've been at michigan state and so that is uh you know with 14 new guys it's that's uh um, that's a testament to our uh, our returning guys and our leaders for sure um but you know we don't really have many selfish guys we don't have guys that are me guys i mean i think it's uh it's a uh, uh it's a group that really is concerned about you know us winning at a uh you know, as a team and, um, you know, they've bought in and, and, uh, you know, guys are, are, you know, getting opportunities and trying to take advantage of opportunities. And so, um, you know, the guys, some of the, you know, transfer portal, transfer portal guys is uh, Kyle Bischoff, who's a graduate transfer here is, I thought really thrown well, um, uh, for us out of the bullpen, uh, you know, a couple freshmen and Ryan Chapaniak and, uh, you know, Eric Sterner have been, have gotten a couple opportunities. And I think the, the sky's the limit for those two guys are really you know, we're really excited about, uh, about their future and, and where they're going to, uh, you know, where they're headed. Um, and then, you know, the junior college guys that, that came in, I said Harrison Cook was lights out against Clemson um, last week in his, uh, you know, in a, in a start, that, the second start of the year, I guess, and was just uh, outstanding. He really threw well for us and gave us a chance. And I think Connor Tomasic is a kid, you know, is another one who's just uh, competes his tail off and, uh, you know, the best is yet to come for him. His numbers may not, uh, you know, may not show, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the hard work and, and mm-hmm. that he has put in. And I know I think he, you know, he expects those to be better. And, I, I'm, and I'm pretty sure that they will be. I feel very confident in that. Um, but, uh, you know, Kyle Dunning's another one. Andrew Carson, both those guys coming out of the pen are, you know, have been, you know, kind of up and down, which I guess early on, you know, with some transfers and some freshmen, you you can kind of expect that. Um, but I, w- I would expect as we move forward in the season, uh, get into Big Ten play, you know, we, we start to settle some of those down and 
and uh, you won't see some of the peaks and valleys. And I think these guys are going to really, uh, again, be be able to settle into it pretty good. All right. So we're a month into the season. It's our it's our first like real, uh, normal baseball season in a, in a few years. Has it been nice to get back to some normalcy? And you know, for you guys, be on the road a lot. You'll play at home uh, finally this weekend. Um, but but have the midweek games. Be able to get some young arms in. You know, just all of those things that we could not do uh, last year that made it such a you know, a, a, an odd baseball season. Nice to get it in, but but just not the same as what we have had in the past. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's uh, it is uh, it's incredible to be able to uh, you know do just that. You know, I mean, our first non-conference game uh, on the road at UNLV. You know, to start the season, and you know, I think um, you know everybody was just so excited just to get out and, and play and what felt like more of a normal. Um, you know, non-conference series prior to uh, the conference season starting. And so, you know, you get into that kind of rhythm, you know, going on the road, you get to the airport, you get on the plane, you come home, you, you know, Monday's the off day, you practice and then back on the plane. And, um, you know, that's, uh, well, well, you know, me, I'm, I'm not getting any younger, so that, that may not be getting any easier <laughs> for me. But, uh, you know, I think your players get into that kind of rhythm. And then to be able to go on a spring break, you know, yeah. be gone for 12 days and, and really kind of just, it's all baseball at that point. Playing the venues that we've played in against the teams that we've played, it, a chance to just kind of, um, you know, practice, uh, you know, without having too many time constraints and kind of come and go as you please uh, without having to worry about school because we're on break. I mean, all of that, all those little things that maybe you take for granted over the past have really, you know, been a welcomed addition to this year's, uh, this year's schedule. And so, um, you know, our home opener is this weekend. We're excited for that. We got our first midweek game in, in uh, however long, uh, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. what, two years, I guess now, yeah. um, in, uh, you know, next week on, on March 23rd. And so, yeah, it does feel like a little bit more normal um, to have fans at your at your stadium. No doubt. Yeah. I think it's going to be great, you know, and, uh, you know, where only family was, in, was able to come in last year. And so, yeah, it, it just it does feel a lot more normal, and and um, you know it's exciting for our for our guys and for our, our program for sure. Have you? I know you you concentrate a lot right now, like every moment on your own team. Have you gotten a feel for for how the rest of the Big Ten is doing? I mean, it seems like there are some uh, again uh, quality teams in the league, and and maybe you know just as much depth as there has been here over the last several seasons. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't think we've really kind of locked into it, but, you know, certainly pay attention to scores and, and, uh, you know, kind of who's doing what. And, and I think again, I mean, it's a, it's another year where I think our conference is, uh, is extremely deep. You know, I mean, you know, we got one undefeated team in there. We've got a couple teams with, uh, you know, with that are 12 and three and, and, uh, you know, everybody else has really played, uh, some, some very good schedules. And, and I think as a conference, we've done a nice job of that over the past maybe 10, you know, years of, of really trying to go out and, and play, uh, you know, play the best kind of opponents and the best type of opponents that we can play. And, and, uh, you know, we've all, I think we've all said it. We will play anybody anywhere, especially at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but you know, once you, once you get outside and you get into that rhythm, I think you'll see, um, you know, a, a lot of schools playing very, very well. But yeah, I think that as a conference, it's, it's as, it's, again, as deep as it's been in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, it should be a fun, uh, should be a fun spring. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, coach, appreciate the time. Um, and best of luck uh, this weekend back at home against Houston Baptist. All right. Very good. Thank you very much.
That's uh, Michigan State coach Jake Boss Jr. joining us uh, on the podcast. Let's take another break. We'll come back with the weekend rotation. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Let's hit the weekend rotation, the items that we are looking at this weekend in the Big Ten. Topic number one, I think, is Nick Dean. He did not pitch over the weekend for Maryland. A forearm tightness uh, is the issue, according to Kendall Rogers with D1Baseball.com. Dean apparently says he is fine, will pitch versus Siena this weekend. Uh, Tests show that elbow was fine, but uh, something to watch for because he has been outstanding in his first three starts. Gave up, I think, just a couple of runs. I mean, he's he's been good at the top of that rotation for Maryland. Yeah, I, I think you got to trust that if he's good to go this weekend, he'll go. Because if he's not, why not? Why not sit out another week? I mean, yeah. you know, you want him later in the season in the Big Ten season. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, if there's anything there, I think playing it safe would be the best route at this point. So, if he pitches this weekend, I think you know that he's uh, good to go couple other pitching notes from the weekend. Connor Schultz we saw in relief after he did not make his start the week before uh, with Iowa. So that's something to keep an eye on because he had been pretty good in those first couple of starts. Not sure what the status is uh, there for the Hawkeyes. Indiana, as you know, we talked to Jeff Mercer a week ago, he mentioned the, the, the idea that the Hoosiers might switch up their rotation for the weekend and try to find guys in better roles. Uh, they did that. The results, though, were not good. The Hoosiers were swept at Troy. Yeah, John Madunio, you know, was was thought to be the Friday guy for Indiana coming into this year. He, he's pitched a little bit for the Hoosiers in his career there and, and pitched well, you know, in midweek action, that sort of thing. And he just, you know, hasn't got off to a, a to a great start. They brought him out of the bullpen early in the week on, on the Tuesday game versus Cincinnati, um, and then they gave him the start. Uh, in the last game uh, of the of the weekend here, uh, and I think he just went uh, an inning or or, or less, um, giving up a couple of runs. So yeah, just for just a second here, go back to Iowa real fast. The Connor Schultz thing hasn't been a huge deal for the Hawkeyes because Dylan Nedved has come in. Who Dylan Nedved has been their, their closer in in his career for the Hawkeyes, but now in the starting rotation, of pitching very well for them. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some curse. Uh, forever on this show, uh, when a coach was on, he then lost the next week. It happened yeah. <laughs> like every week through the first three years of this podcast. We had a little bit of a reversal there for a second with Greg Goff, Steve Owens, and Jeff Mercer the last three weeks. As of the middle of the week last week, their teams were a combined 15-0 yeah. and 0 since their coaches had been on. Now, uh, then what happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. What happened? You tweeted something about yeah. it. So there's nobody to blame here but you. That's what happened. I tweeted reverse the you curse. Were gonna, they were 15 and 0, man. You were going to skip right over the fact that you tweeted about it in the middle of the week. You were going to skip right over it and just say they got swept. Everybody got swept since then. Don't leave out the details. You tweeted yeah, about it. I tweeted. And then Indiana got swept by Troy over the weekend. So the curse is back, baby. It's back. <laughs> All right, what are you watching this weekend? Mickey Donald, the gang, Goofy. Oh, boy. That's what I'm watching. I mean, what what else is there? Princesses? Can't watch Prince. Little Star Wars? Little Star Star Wars down there? Yeah, Avatar. Have you been on the Avatar ride down there? I haven't been been to Disney since 1985. What are you you doing? 
Captain Eel was down there playing, and oh, Michael Jackson there. Do you remember? Do you remember? You were too young. Do you remember no, that trip? Yeah, no, believe it or not, a little quick little side story here. We went to I went to Disney with uh, no kids about uh, what? I don't know, eight years ago For, with my wife's grandparents. We went to Epcot. Yeah. Um, we went to the Michael Jackson thing. They because it was should, back. They was should back. they should probably get rid of it because it's uh I think it was before it was back. It was like from 1980. It was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> like it was like what are we doing here still hanging on to this for dear life? Anyway, baseball wise, I'm watching Purdue <laughs> Illinois State. Purdue Illinois State. Uh, keep yeah. my eye on the Boilermakers and the undefeated record. Uh, Michigan plays Vandy at Vandy uh, Tuesday, today. Uh, which is which is actually today. Uh, so keep yeah. an eye on that one. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, literally the Illinois State-Purdue series, obviously. Uh, Texas Tech is at Iowa. That should be a good series over there in Iowa City. Uh, let's see if Indiana can rebound after a rough week last week at host uh, Xavier this weekend. And Texas A&M Corpus Christi is at Nebraska. Those are some of the bigger series, in my opinion. And then we get into the Big Ten next week, so we're looking forward to that um, as we uh, as we break it down. I've got to find somebody to, to like, I can – train a monkey or something to come in and, and set in for you next week and you know you might lose your job yeah that's uh, all it takes <laughs> all right uh thanks to jake boss jr for coming on with us we do appreciate that uh we will be back at least i will uh next week as we get prepped for the big 10 season uh for drew charters i'm kyle charters thanks for listening this is the big baseball podcast a production of 1017 the hammer you're out